Coinbase misses expectations. Roblox sinks on disappointing earnings. We cover the latest commentary out of the Federal Reserve and the biggest analyst calls of the day. Boeing aircraft orders and deliveries slip in April and Peloton shares fall on disappointing earnings metrics. This is the Running With The Money briefing. Let's get into it. It's not a question of enough, pal. It's a zero-sum game. Somebody wins, somebody loses. I have been a rich man, and I have been a poor man, and I choose rich every time. Money never sleeps, pal. Just made 800000 Hong Kong go. There are three ways to make a living in this business. First, be smarter or cheaper. What is going on and welcome to another episode of the Running With The Money Briefing powered by Pounding The Table. I'm your host Luke today and let's get right into it. The mark of the day, pretty darn choppy. At one point we were selling off pretty hard and then at one point then again we were moving significantly to the upside. So a pretty choppy day in the markets after a green open. Dow Jones finishing the day down 84 points, NASDAQ up 114, and the S&P 500 up 9.8. All going in to that CPI print tomorrow that everyone is paying attention to before the open. So be paying close attention to this next inflation read in the morning. It could potentially have a big impact on the performance of the market tomorrow. But shifting into group by group, sector by sector performance on the day, we see that the best performing sector, technology, up 1.38%. Second and third place when it comes to best performers, sector-wise, communication services and healthcare. Now, the worst performing sectors on the day, real estate down 1.64%, utilities down 0.87%, and basic materials down 0.61%. In fact, as a trader, I am always looking at flow in the market, and we are actually seeing, interesting, some pretty bearish flow coming through when it comes to the energy name. So possibly some bearish action on the way for energy. Who knows? We'll have to pay attention there. But shifting into the biggest headlines of the day, we had Coinbase delivering earnings after the bell. They reported a loss per share, an EPS of $1.98. So not the best metric there. Also, net loss coming in at $430 million for the first quarter. Definitely not what investors were looking for. Revenue for the quarter coming in at $1.17 billion versus $1.48 billion that was expected by Refinitiv. Now, it is important to note one thing. You take a look here and a lot of revenue generated at Coinbase is due to wealth transaction volume. At the end of the day, they are a crypto brokerage. They're a crypto exchange. So that is something to note. And of course, we're in this bear market. There's less trading going on when it comes to retail investors and traders, and therefore the company will be earning less. It was basic common sense going into these earnings. So you saw a lot of selling into the numbers. And then after hours, the sentiment was very bearish. There were many traders expecting a big drop, but they did not account for the amount of selling that had already occurred prior to earnings. Now, continuing on with these numbers, retail monthly transaction users or MTUs that 
fell to 9.2 million users from 11.4 million users in the fourth quarter. So quarter over quarter, not looking fantastic when it comes to MTUs. Now shifting into the most important metric, which was total trading volume. Now that dropped from $547 billion in Q4 to $309 billion in the first quarter of this year. And that was really the big metric. Where was this volume going to come in? And well, we see that it came in significantly lower than the previous quarter, likely due to the type of market we are now in. Now, shifting into some other key metrics here, assets on the platform coming in at $256 billion for Q1 2022. That was actually up year over year from $223 billion. So a positive note there. And then when it comes to financial metrics, now that net income, as we noted, coming in negative $430 million, but adjusted EBITDA coming in positive at $20 million but significantly below the 1.117 billion that we saw all the way back in Q1 of 2021. So all these metrics year over year, the majority of them pretty darn negative, and it's mostly due to lower trading volumes. Now shifting into commentary out of Coinbase Management, the company went on to say, quote, we believe these market conditions are not permanent and we remain focused on the long term. In fact, our investment in our business now is especially critical. These periods of low volatility can provide the opportunity to focus more intentionally on product development as opposed to peak periods when we are more focused on meeting high demand. We approach the opportunities ahead with confidence and steady hands. To that end, we have made good progress here to date, highlighted by the beta launch of Coinbase NFT, growth in adoption of Coinbase wallet, expansion of our staking offering through the addition of Cardano, and hiring over 1,200 full-time employees to help us build the future of crypto. So Coinbase very much focused on the long-term prospects of the cryptocurrency industry. They have a belief in the industry. They believe it's going to be massive in the many years to come, and therefore they're focusing on their products. They're focusing on the core fundamentals of their business to better it and be prepared for the long term. Now, shifting into another company that reported after the bell, that name being Roblox, and they did indeed sell off on these earnings metrics. Now, they delivered an earnings per share of 27 cents, a loss of 27 cents, I should say, compared to the expected loss per share of 21 cents. So a miss when it comes to loss per share. Also, revenue, while it was up 39% year over year to $537.1 million, investors weren't all too happy with it. Now, net cash provided by operating activities came in at $156.4 million, free cash flow of $104.6 million for the quarter. So these metrics are net positive. Bookings, though, declining 3% 3% over Q1 2021 to $631.2 million. So investors weren't too happy with the decline in bookings. And then, of course, average daily active users. Very important with a platform such as Roblox. Now you can abbreviate the average daily active users term as DAUs, DAUs coming in at $54.1 million for the quarter. That's up 28% year over year. Now, shifting into hours engaged, hours engaged totaled $11.8 billion hours. That was up 22% year over year. And then finally, average bookings per DAU or 
ABP DAU is the acronym for that one was $11.67. So overall net positive, but a miss on those headline metrics. You shift into what management had to say. And we heard from David Bazuki, the chief executive officer of Roblox. He went on to say, quote, we've remained focused on delivering our innovation roadmap to unlock the full potential of the Roblox platform and drive long-term returns for investors. Over the past two quarters, we have launched a number of notable innovations, including spatial voice and layered clothing that will continue driving user growth, engagement, and monetization. So overall, management over at Roblox maintains their bullish attitude towards the company. They believe that the long-term prospects are solid in the numbers, disappointing investors, but then again, not all too bad. Now, shifting into some commentary out of Federal Reserve Governor Christopher Waller. Now, he pledged that the Federal Reserve will continue the tighten when it comes to the economy. They're going to continue to raise rates. They're going to continue that balance sheet reduction until the inflation is pulled in. He pledged that the actions of the Federal Reserve in the 1970s when we were dealing with inflation would not be repeated. In fact, he went on to say, quote, we know what happened for the Fed not taking the job seriously on inflation in the 1970s, and we ain't going to let that happen. So he is pretty darn stern here. He's saying that we are going to take care of this inflation. We're not going to repeat our past mistakes. He goes on to say in reference to the Federal Reserve of the 1970s and 80s, quote, they had zero credibility. So Volcker just basically said, I've got to just do this shock and awe. We don't have that problem right now. This is not a shock and all Volcker moment. So he's pretty much saying here that, look, this isn't going to be a shock and all what the Fed does. In fact, it's going to be just the opposite. We've been telling you what we're going to do. We're going to continue to tighten until inflation is reined in. And then in reference to the economy and whether the economy can withstand rate hikes and tightening, etc., he goes on to say, quote, the labor market is strong. The economy is doing so well. This is the time to hit it if you think there's going to be any kind of negative reaction because the economy can take it. He's basically saying that, look, we don't want to have to raise rates in an economy that's not doing well. We need to do it in a strong economy because if we take these actions, the halt inflation that we're currently taking, if we were to do that in an economy that's not nearly as strong as this one, you'd be looking at some major consequences. But luckily, we have the strong economy to do it now. Now, we also heard from today, on the back of Waller's comments, Richmond Fed President Thomas Barkin, and he pretty much reiterated the same thing. He said that they continue to be on the path of bringing that Fed funds rate to a range of 2% to 3%, and he said, quote, that we can then determine whether inflation remains at a level that requires us to put the brakes on the economy or not. So he's basically saying there, look, once we get to our target Fed funds rate of 2 to 3%, we're going to reassess, and if we're still not where we want to be on inflation, well, we're going to continue, and if we are, we can probably put the brakes on. So this is all something to pay attention to. These Fed members are very important, and lately, the past few months, the Federal Reserve, they've been pretty darn hawkish. Now, shifting into the biggest analyst calls of the day, we had Bernberg initiating Tesla as a hold. The firm went on to say, quote, we think that Tesla's cost structure benefits from deep 
vertical integration, high automation, and low product complexity, coupled with high component overlap. Now, the firm also initiated General Motors as by today. They go on to say, in reference to General Motors, quote, we expect GM to meet its 400,000 EV target sales by 2023 and to exceed its 1 million before 2025 goal putting it on course towards EV leadership in North America. Now, Berenberg, they didn't stop there. They went on to initiate Ford as a whole today as well. They go on to say, quote, Despite the company's long-term potential, we expect increased cost pressure to weigh on the stock and additional risk in its Europe and China businesses. So, Berenberg initiating Tesla as a whole, General Motors as a buy, and Ford as a hold all on these electric vehicle metrics. Now, shifting into Piper Sandler, downgrading upstart to neutral from overweight on the back of their latest earnings report. Piper Sandler goes on to say, quote, overall loan volumes are expected to decline given elevated loan rates. In our view, the range of outcomes for upstart has increased given macro uncertainties and we are thereby downgrading upstart to neutral, lowering our price target to $44 per share. So definitely not a great call when it comes to upstart. Now we also heard from HSBC reiterating Apple as a whole today. The firm goes on to say, quote, Apple is built and keeps enriching a very efficient and profitable ecosystem predicated on seamless integration of hardware and services. This may prove efficient from a technology point of view, but makes regulators, especially in Europe, worry about the entrenched position a company like Apple may have. So HSBC reiterating Apple as a hold with some worries when it comes to Europe. Now, taking a look at D.A. Davidson reiterating Coinbase as a buy. Speaking of Coinbase, the firm goes on to say, quote, Based on publicly available exchange data, Coinbase average daily volumes are down another 28% QTD. And we're less optimistic about a big second half rebound. Indeed, we think management may already need to revisit its aggressive 2022 hiring plan. So DA Davidson actually made this call going in the earnings. They weren't all too far off and they questioned 2022 hiring plans. And then our final analyst call of the day, Stefan's downgrading a firm to underweight from equal weight. The firm goes on to say, quote, while we would avoid a firm into its first quarter 2022 earnings print, we are also broadly negative on capital markets reliant fintechs, especially from those who appear willing to time the market like both the firm and Upstart. Stephens, not liking a firm, downgrading it to underweight from equal weight. Now, shifting away from the biggest analyst calls of the day, we had Boeing aircraft orders and deliveries slipping in the month of April, all on the back, all on the following news, of course, of these 787 Dreamliner planes remaining paused when it comes to those series of manufacturing flaws. So the company Boeing delivering 35 jets in April, that's down from 41 in March, which brought their total for the year to 130 deliveries. And that's below their rival Airbus's 188 in the same time period. So Boeing has some work to do when it comes to the competition. Also, gross orders for Boeing for a April falling to 46 from 53 in March, and most of those new orders were for the 737 MAX planes, so that is something to note. Now, we got commentary per CNBC out of Airly's CEO, John Pleger, and he goes on to say, quote, both Airbus and Boeing are experiencing rising challenges in delivering aircrafts on time, 
primarily due to supply chain and labor issues. So even the biggest and baddest of companies globally are still struggling with supply chain issues, and Boeing is struggling with the same issues that even the little guys are struggling with, and of course, it is the supply chain. Now, shifting into Peloton, this is the final headline of the day. Peloton missing expectations and the stock plunging. And as you all know, I kind of skew negative when it comes to Peloton. I'm not a fan of this company. This company's management wasn't the most honest to investors and a lot of people lost money, but I am going to be as neutral as possible and I'm going to give you the numbers straight. So a loss per share for the quarter of $2.27 compared to 83 cents that was expected. Well, it didn't go all too well for them. In fact, in the fiscal third quarter, their loss widened to $757.1 million from a net loss of $8.6 million a year earlier. So that net loss widening by a massive margin, revenue coming in at $964.3 million compared to $972.9 million that was expected. And that is down from $1.26 billion just a year earlier earlier. Now, Peloton, they didn't degenerate $594 million in sales from their connected fitness products, while they generated $370 million from subscriptions throughout their latest recorded period. Now, shifting in to subscribers for their digital products, their connected fitness subscriber count coming in at 2.96 million. That is actually up 195,000. So a net positive read there. Taking a look, the company struggling when it comes to cash. In fact, Peloton's access inventory forced the company, according to CNBC, to rethink their capital structure. And the CEO even noted in their letter that the company is, quote, thinly capitalized with only $879 million in unrestricted cash and cash equivalents. That is not good. Now, in order to address this, Peloton went and announced just earlier this week that they have signed a binding commitment letter with JP Morgan and Goldman Sachs to be borrowing $750 million in debt over the course of five years. And that is according to Peloton's CEO. Now, Rounding out this earnings release, we had guidance, and well, that didn't look the best either. Peloton, they are now calling for a fourth quarter revenue of $675 million to $700 million. That's below the expectation of $821.7 million, so a miss on revenue guidance. And also, when it comes to their connected fitness subscribers, they expect that metric in the fourth quarter to come in at 2.98 million subscribers, which only represents 1% growth from the third quarter. So investors weren't too happy with that either. And you saw some major selling in Peloton stock. But that is the latest from the markets. I thank you all for listening to another episode of the Running With The Money Briefing. In the meantime, go get my fellow team members and my boys over at Pound The Table to listen anywhere you listen to podcasts, including Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Please go and give me and my team a follow anywhere on social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Follow me on Twitter, at me on Twitter. If you want to see someone interviewed on the show, if you want to see something talked about on the show, comment on any of my Twitter posts and I'll try my best to get it in the show and give you the latest information on that topic. But in the meantime, easily profit, trade on, and I will see you tomorrow.